This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton, your boy, Q. And it's one of those days here, Raider Nation. It is one of those days where the shows just kind of write themselves. Didn't know exactly what the subject of the show was going to be today. Until I knew exactly what the show, the, the, the theme of the show was going to be today. And that is the signing of one K.J. Wright. A guy we've talked about quite a bit here on the show. Talked about the fact that the Raiders needed some linebacking depth. Talked about the fact that, well, he'd be a great addition. He knows Gus Bradley's scheme. We've talked a lot about K.J. Wright. Go out and get him. Whatever you got to do, go get him. Well, started hearing rumblings. And I know there's a lot of folks that are going to talk. go back to that phone call. That uh, Mike Mayock had yesterday in the press conference. We talked about it yesterday. We said, hey, from now on, whatever happens with the Raiders, we could always chase it back to that phone call. What was it, a continuing saga? It was a, a, yeah, the saga continues or something to that extent. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, the saga continued to today. And we're just going to go ahead and fill it in and say that that's what the conversation was about. And I know my guy S. Jonas on Twitter hit us up and told me, hey, there's no doubt about it. The saga is the K.J. Wright signing. Today he gets signed to a one-year deal. I think Josina Anderson was one of the first to have that news. I saw it. I know I retweeted it, and I've been getting hit up fast and furious. And I apologize to anyone that I haven't re- re, uh, retweeted or, or tweeted back at or sent a text back to on uh, just been really busy here at the radio station the last hour. <laughs> it's been a lot going on, including an occasional fire alarm that may go off. Maybe. So I'll just, it's over. I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. I might have just thrown a fit. <laughs> in the hallway <laughs> I may have just thrown a fit but it's okay there's a very loud fire alarm and the speaker is literally right behind me where I'm standing here in the studio so if you hear something extremely loud I apologize in advance I don't know I asked the people very kindly I asked them with a smile on my face they couldn't see it because I was wearing my mask but I did I was smiling I asked them how many more of those bleeps are they going to have and they said they don't know so oh. they have no idea, but there, I mean, the fire alarm is something that we all need. It's very important because currently the fire alarm wouldn't go off if we had a fire. So we need to make sure that it's fixed for everyone's safety. So I get it, but it's not ideal for live radio, which is what I basically told him in a nutshell. Maybe not in those exact words, but I kind of told him the same thing. A lot calmer than how you were in the hallway. Less than no, I was ago. calm in the hallway. <laughs> Tomorrow, why are you putting out that kind of. False narratives. I was calm. I just said that we really can't have that. <laughs> but here we are. Let's talk about KJ Wright. And we have a, a fantastic show lined up for you. Trying to get all my paperwork together here. Got a lot of good guests coming up. Michael Sean Duger, matter of fact, he's going to join us in a couple minutes to talk about KJ Wright. He covers the Seattle Seahawks like a glove for the athletic. Does a heck of a job. Saw him tweet out after K.J. Wright was uh, made official. Uh, at least the, the the word was out and made official. You know, he still has to do all of the protocols and go through everything he's got to go through. But as far as 
we all know it's a done deal. KJ Wright is is going to be a member of the Silver and Black. He tweeted out that KJ Wright he put out the stats that he had last year with the Seahawks and said, and he wasn't even playing in position for those games outside of two. He'll be fine wherever the Raiders put him, whatever position, whatever linebacking position they want to put him at, he'll be fine. So Michael Sean Duger is going to join us in a matter of minutes to talk about the signing of KJ Wright and what Raider Nation should be expecting and what the Raiders expect to get out of KJ Wright this year at the linebacking position. I'll tell you right now, that was a big hole. That linebacking position was a big hole, and now it's not. So that's a good thing. So uh, excited to talk about the the signing of KJ Wright coming up at two thirty. Normally on uh, on Thursdays we have a uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He's going to join us at two thirty to talk all things NFL. Talk about. Uh, the different cuts that have happened throughout the course of the week. Talk about the different signings that have happened. Talked about just everything NFL related. We will talk to John McClain about again. He's our normal guest at 2.30 on Thursdays. And then at 3.15, Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans will join us uh, to talk about a lot of different things, including Mark Davis and that $14 million home that I'm sure by this point, if you haven't seen it, then I guess you're just not on the internet because <laughs> it is everywhere. I mean, everyone and their mother has sent me a picture, sent me a link, sent me something to that to that uh, that house and uh, yeah, so that's that's one of the things we'll talk to Dustin about. We'll talk to him about uh, the the lands and the the real estate uh, climate here in Las Vegas and what's going on with that and and the things that uh, Nova Home Loans could get done for you. So that's coming up at three fifteen. Of course, we'll have th- uh, cover three at three o'clock. Uh, NFL news and notes of the day and, and and throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you as well at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred and then the Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. So. Damon, off top, I'll ask you, man. It's something we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show. I know JT had plenty of things to say about it, but KJ right now, a uh, member of that Raiders linebacking core. Uh, you know Nicholas Morrow is going to be out for a while. You know Javon White's going to be out for a little while. Uh, Divine Diablo was not ready to take that role yet, just wasn't ready to fill that void. Denzel Perryman talked to the media today. He's officially uh, a member of the Silver and Black as well. That's two really good linebackers that both know this Gus Bradley scheme. What do you think about that linebacking core at this point? It needed to happen. And I know Raider Nation is fired up. Like we've are, we're already getting texts coming in. People are fired up about this. But it's how's those... Tom feeling? Is Tom fired up or is Tom? Is... Oh no, no Tom yet. Oh no uh, Tom. Okay. These are all po- as Tom likes to say. He's staying positive. These are actual positive texts about the trade. Okay. Let okay. me read one for you before we get to Michael Sean Duger. I'm buying a lotto ticket because last week you said Raiders had a five percent chance of signing KJ, and here he is. Let's go Raiders, Dre. Okay, okay. I said he only had, they only had a 5% chance. I know I didn't feel very positive about it. I didn't think that they were really going to be able to go or they were going to go and pull the trigger. I thought that they needed to go pull the trigger. I've been very adamant about that, but I guess I only said 5%. Well, good. Yeah, he remembered. Hey, I ain't mad at him. I'm <laughs> this glad. This is definitely directed at you that he sent this at 203. No, it's, it's hey, man. <laughs> I didn't Appointment like listening. <laughs> Appointment listening, man. I'll take it. I will take it. I know that when we talked about it, we talked gut feelings, and I said that my gut feeling, I didn't think that they were going to get him. You know, and I, I was hoping that I was wrong, but it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a good thing, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up that that they have the opportunity now to have KJ right in the mix, and they have that that uh, that linebacker, that that alpha dog, in my opinion, that they really need. And I mean, he had some really good numbers last year, really good numbers. I mean, this dude had uh, passes defensed, something that Raider linebackers struggled to do. He had tackles for loss, something that Raider linebackers struggled to do. I mean, he was the real deal thing. And wasn't even really playing in position. And, and when we talk to Michael uh, in just a matter of minutes, uh, he'll explain that. And, and really, you want to get fired up. He's going to get you fired up. I'm pretty excited about that. But what else do you have over there? All right. I'm going to use the enthusiasm. A lot of exclamation points in this one. 
Q. <laughs> we got KJ. Let's go. That's our answer at the LB spot, at the linebacker spot. And can you believe the depth we're going to have once Morrow comes back? Hope he won't be out too long. KJ is here. Yes, yes, yes. And Raider Nation, that's what it's about, man. Sound off. Get excited. Get fired up. I like that, dude. We don't know who sent that text, but that's okay. Uh, fire us back a text and let us know your name so we give you a little bit of, uh, of props. But, yeah, man, it's something to be excited about. Uh, we talked about it when they had the cutdowns, that the roster is not complete at all. There's, there's other things that are going to be going on. There's other moves that are going to be made. And... You know, we don't know where they're going to stop and, and, and how they're going to fine-tune it. But right now, I mean, that, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing that they went out and made that move for K.J. Wright. And I know, uh, one, the conversation with Mike Mayock yesterday and the, you know, the, the phone call in the middle of the press conference, that kind of got everyone's wheels turning. But then earlier today when the report came out that the Raiders are moving money around, I remember I quote-tweeted that one. I think Field Yates put that out. I quote-tweeted it with just the eyeballs emoji like, ooh, the Raiders are moving some money around. And so that really, I think that got all of Raider Nation in a hot lather, you know, just all fired up about the opportunity that maybe that was going to be a move for K.J. Wright. And uh, ultimately, like I said, I think Josina Anderson was one of the first ones that tweeted out that uh, she had just talked to K.J. and he had confirmed that he was signing a one-year deal with the Raiders. And that is a big deal. So, uh, yeah, man, it's something to be excited about on this Thursday as we get ready to head into the weekend. All right, now let's get into it with Michael Sean Dugar. Okay, Michael from The Athletic, we definitely appreciate you. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Dugar, and that's Mike, D-U-G-A-R. And uh, welcome to Raider Nation Radio 920, my man. Appreciate your time. And we were just talking about K.J. Wright and the fact that the Raiders now have him on a one-year deal, spent his whole career so far in Seattle. He obviously knows the Gus Bradley scheme. Uh, he knows he, he's, he's a heck of a linebacker, had some really good numbers last year. What are the Raiders getting in K.J. Wright? Uh, somebody who just knows how to be a professional. I mean, that sounds like obvious because they're all getting paid to be technically professionals, but like, KJ, somebody who's going to watch film when he, you know, on extra hours, you know, he's going to take care of his body. Like, young guys in that lock, in that, uh, defensive locker room, specifically the linebackers, are just going to get someone who they can mimic their lifestyle after, not just their play, you know, because some of those guys will be stronger, some of them will be faster, some of them will be better tacklers, but just like how to go about, like, studying an opponent. Picking up tendencies, you know, being on time, uh, just doing all the little stuff you got to do to make it, you know, to last in the league for 11 years. You know, it's not easy. Right. Especially it's not easy to do when you're not just a freak athlete like KJ wasn't. You know, he's like, he was a fourth round pick. So I think more than just on-field play, that's the first thing that guys in the building are probably going to notice when he steps in there. Yeah, it's a big deal. It really is, and it's something that the Raiders needed. They had a hole at that linebacking position. Now he gets to fill that. And just, I mean, and I know you, you tweeted this out as well, but double-digit tackles for loss. Passes defense, double-digit tackles, or passes defense, uh, double digits as well for that. Um, and, and he wasn't even playing in his actual normal position, uh, you know, for most of the season last year. Uh, wh where do you think that K.J. fits in the best on this Ra Raiders defense? Uh, well, so are they, what are they running up there? Is that a 4-3? Yes. Running up there? Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. So 4-3 strong side, if he's running the same stuff as Pete, um, I don't know necessarily he fits the strong side as, like, his best. I mean, he can do it. He right. ratted off his numbers. from That's his first time doing it since his rookie year. Like, last year, Bruce Irvin tore his ACL, and they was like, hey, KJ, we need you to do this. And he was like, cool, even though I'm not a defensive end, let me just have the best year of my career, you know, at age 31 or whatever. But I think he's really better at, uh, as more of a, a inside linebacker guy, like a Mike or a Will or whatever they're calling him um, in, in Vegas, mostly just because he, he reads and reacts to things really well, um, and he just sniffs stuff out, and he can get to both sides of the field. A little better, like he's probably the best screen sniffer outer. That's not a word. But <laughs> like he's, a, he's, a, 
he's the best at sniffing out screens like that I've probably ever seen uh, covering football. Like teams have to just run the screen the other way if number fifty or whatever number he wears there is on that side of the ball. Uh, he he tackles really well, really good in run fits. I mean, just really technically sound uh, in knowing his role, or taking on a fullback or a pulling guard or whatever. Like he was, he just makes a lot of things happen, doing a lot of the dirty work, and I think that's probably better used. Um, in a base scheme that where he's an inside guy, because I imagine going up against a lot of 11 personnel, they're probably going to bring that third linebacker off the field. So to maximize the time that he's on the field, like disrupting the offense, I would say probably inside linebacker. But again, he can do whatever you ask. He can set edges, rush the passer. Like, I mean, he contained Kyler Murray on a scramble last year in week 11. It's like, come on, man. Mm. That's probably one of the shiftiest quarterbacks in the league, not named Lamar. So, like, he can do it all. Right. Well, you mentioned Lamar. Lamar's coming to town. <laughs> He's the first. Oh, that week, that's week one, right? That's Monday week night? one. Yep, Monday Night Football, September 13th. So, Lamar's coming to town just in time. KJ's in town. And, and, and Michael, you know, just thinking about KJ, thinking about his ability, how long he's played in the league and played there in Seattle, uh, he, he's reuniting with Gus Bradley. And if, if anyone knows how to push the right buttons, it's going to be Gus Bradley. How big, of, how big do you think and, and how much of a factor do you think that played into to him deciding to sign with the Raiders? You know, I, I think that's going to be a really big deal just because KJ gets it. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he, he knows. Like, those guys don't know Gus. Right. You know, so I don't know how many guys in that locker room have worked with Gus at, at prior stops. Probably, probably not a ton. And a big thing, especially when you have a young defense or one, and not even a young one, just one that's trying to, like, be a lot better than it was in previous years. Like, you're going to – you guys are going to get asked to do things they're not comfortable doing. Um, doing things they don't understand right away. Maybe they don't see the big picture right away. And a veteran like KJ and other veterans in that locker room, I'm sure, just help them see the vision. You know, like some guys will come in there and be like, man, coach, I ain't never done this before. I don't want to. <laughs> or it's like, oh, am I, am I old? Stop. We call this play this. or whatever. Like sometimes you got to see the bigger vision. You know, when KJ came as a linebacker, they had him uh, his rookie year wearing, um, how I want to put it, it was almost like a bracelet on each of his ankles because okay. when he was like covering, he was crossing his feet. So they, the bracelets made it so he couldn't cross his feet. You know what I mean? So he had to stay squared to the line. Wow. He didn't want to wear them damn things on his ankles. As a rookie, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Right? He was getting laughed at. But he saw the bigger picture. Right? That was Ken Norton who had him who had him do that. You know? And, like, that stuff matters behind the scenes. Like, we may not see how it transpires out on the field, but, like, getting it and understanding what the coach is trying to, like, teach guys in the, in the, in the bigger picture and stuff, that, that matters. That's a hell of a nugget right there. I mean, that really is. That's that's why we go to you because I mean, stuff like that we would have never known that we would have never had any kind of idea about that. And KJ probably don't want us to know that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys should mention that story to him. He knows that I know it. But anyway, yeah, that that that's the type of guy to get. Know. We'll, we'll we'll keep that between ourselves. <laughs> We're talking right now with Michael Sean Duger from the Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Duger right here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And let me ask you this because this is a question has been posed to me a couple times. How come Seattle wasn't in a hurry to bring him back? Yeah, it, it, it was tricky here because they're kind of switching their fronts. That's why I asked what uh, Gus is running over there because Seattle was kind of switched to like a 3-4, um, so to speak. So they kind of need their, their Sam or their strong side or whatever to be more of a pass rusher. That's why they have a second-year guy, Daryl Taylor, out of Tennessee. Um, he's like their 48th pick in 2020, uh, the, the 48th pick in 2020. Uh, so they want more of a pass rusher there, so that was part of it. Like, Sam is a defensive end spot mm-hmm. in, in Pete Carroll's defense. Like, he took Bruce Ir- Bruce uh, Irvin in 2010 in the first round to play Sam, right, and be essentially like a Leo Rush defensive end, too, on passing down. That's not really KJ. They got a guy for that. 
who's younger and that they want to build with. And that's just the name of the game. The NFL, get younger, get cheaper, um, if you can find comparable talent. Um, the other part of it is they drafted inside linebacker Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech, 27th overall mm-hmm. in 2020. And, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's politics or something like that, but I mean, it plays a role. You right. know, you'd be around these scouts or these, uh, these assistant coaches or anybody in the scouting department. Like, they spent 11 months looking at some of these guys, if not longer. So when they draft them, you want to see them on the field. So there is that kind of give and take from the coaching staff, the head coach, to, to like, satisfy the scouting department, you know, and believe in these young guys, you know, to groom them uh, to, to be ready to play. So I think that's why they're basically replacing KJ with a guy they took in the first round and a guy they took in the second round. Right. Is that the right call? I don't know. We'll see. But right. like, I can understand it from, like, an organizational view. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a league where you're always looking to get, uh, like you said, man, younger and cheaper. They're always looking to get younger and cheaper at the end of the day. Let me ask you this, because you, you, you talked about other linebackers as well. Uh, he's matching up with Denzel Perryman, who played under Gus Bradley there with the Chargers for, you know, six, seven years. So two guys that have a ton of experience in this Gus Bradley scheme. How far do you think that can help the Raiders move forward, especially with the struggles that they've had at linebacker over the past few years? Yeah, how do I want to say this nicely? Because I got Raiders fans out of my family. Uh, <laughs> the, the guys, the Raiders need guys on defense to know what they're doing. Right. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just you're right. Way. Yeah. I, I I can put that man. You know, I'm real cool with the, our athletic beat writer for the Raiders, Deshaun Reed. And we like we, last year, man, when Jonathan Abrams just abandoned his assignment, you know, on national TV to blow a game. It's just like you just need guys who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and KJ knows what he's doing. Perryman knows what he's doing. I'm sure they have other guys there who you know know what they're doing. Like that, it really is that simple on defense, man. It's this communication and repetition and knowing what you're doing and, and like doing your job. Right. It really does just come down to the veteran guys who've been around this league, they're there because they get that. They're going to get slower. They're not going to be as strong. But they'll, if, if you know what you're doing on defense, you can last in this league for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, I think that you said it per- perfectly. They need guys that, that know what they're doing. And, and that's why, you know, Gus Bradley had to be brought in this year because under Paul Gunther, those guys weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I feel, and I'm sure Tashawn has probably expressed it as well, I feel from being out at practice and camp and everything, these guys look the part. They look like they understand what they're doing. Uh, and, and now it's out to them. They got to go execute. You know, they got to go get it done on the field. But uh, as far as you're concerned, really good pickup for the Raiders getting in, getting uh, KJ in, in, in the fold. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, whatever team got him, whether it was a team that just, like, needed a, a, a veteran that to, like, mentor a bunch of young guys or needed somebody to come in there and, like, lead them in tackles or whatever. I think you, you were getting a guy who could potentially do both. But I think the earliest impact you're going to see is just, like, guys are going to start taking care of their bodies better. They're going to pay attention to meetings better. Like, accountability is going to matter. I don't know if that was a problem for the Raiders in the past on defense, but, like, when you're bad on, on defense, like, Everything that you do better matters. So right. I think that's really where he's going to help right away. No, that's awesome. I mean, you can never have too much leadership. And before we let you go, Michael, and this has been great, uh, my man DeMond here wants to ask you a question. All right, Michael, you guys had KJ on Seahawks man-to-man about two weeks ago. Did you have any inkling or did he seem like he wanted to re-sign with Seattle but it just wasn't happening? Or did, did, he, did you pick up anything from that interview that you had with him? Uh, no, I just kind of knew, even going back months ago, that they were ready to, to, to move on. I mean, the writing's on the wall, man. Like, you talk to any of these veteran guys, they all watch the draft, right? They're not watching because they care. They're intrigued. They're watching to see guys get drafted from their college and to see if guys get drafted at their spot to their current team. Right? So if you're a 30-year-old linebacker, or, yeah, he was 30 at the time, and they draft Jordan Brooks in the first round, they're like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean for me? Um, so, I mean, the writing was on the wall. KJ Smart. Even though he had a good year and wanted to come back, the organization had made the – once you start making the investment a year early, 
I mean, like, you're already prepared. Like, the Packers screwed themselves trying to do that, and they pissed Aaron Rodgers off. But, like, that's the Seahawks essentially succeeded in doing what the Packers and what a million teams have tried to do is replace one of their older guys a year early. So, Seahawks love KJ. Pete Carroll has a great relationship with him. He'll probably be a ring of honor guy when they put the entire defense from Super Bowl 48 in. But they just wanted to go younger and, and, and cheaper on D. And, and, and that's the name of the game. That's exactly what they do all the time. And that's not uh, exclusive to the Seahawks. That's the whole NFL. Michael, great stuff, my man. I really do appreciate you, especially joining us on such short notice. But uh, you guys at The Athletic, you got you, Tashawn, all, Vic, all you guys do a great job, man. They got an all-star lineup over there. Uh, what you got coming out that uh, fans should be on the lookout for? Uh, actually, I put something I already dropped. I just dropped. I mentioned Daryl Taylor, uh, one of the guys they're trying to replace KJ Wright with. He missed his entire rookie year uh, with a stemming from like leg a leg surgery that he had coming out of Tennessee. He's back. He's fast. He's strong. Uh, he's got a, a semi interesting story too, man. So I, I did like a little deep dive uh, into him. That's on the Athletic right now. That's Daryl Taylor, man. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be the reason that Seattle says, hey, that's why we let KJ walk. Is what Daryl Taylor does this year. Right. Well, we'll definitely uh, go ahead and pay attention to that, take a look at that, and just get a, uh, get ourselves a little bit more educated. But like I said, man, we definitely appreciate you. Great stuff. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. There he goes, Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic, at Mike Duger on Twitter. And if it don't, it don't get no better than that to start out coming out the shoots just like that. You get a new guy onto the squad, or not even a new guy. He's not new in the league, obviously, KJ, but he's new to the team. He's a big asset that they really have been coveting. Uh, I think all Raider Nation, I know I've been pounding the table for him for quite a while, so for them to be able to get him, and then all of a sudden you get the good the good background on him and, and why he was made uh, expendable there in Seattle and, and what he should be uh, as an addition to the silver and black defense, that's the way to start things out on the show. So uh, very excited about that and, and much appreciative to, to Michael for joining us on such short notice because literally – the Raiders, the, the note came out about him agreeing to the one-year deal. And what did I tell you, DeMond, about, what, 15 minutes later, I said, hey, we got Michael on the show at, uh, at, two, at 210. I mean, we just we just came up with a time. We don't even, that's exactly. not even a normal yeah, time. We just made I, up a time. When you said, I was like, 210? Yeah. All right, well, that, that's what we got to do. That's what we do. When, whenever we don't really have, you know, an, an opening or whatever, we just make one up. So, hey, what, can, what time can you join? Let's do it at 210. Right out, the, right out the gates. So that's what we did. So uh, hopefully that's a good way to start the show. Hopefully you got a nice little background on KJ Wright, the new addition to the Raiders. He's not the only new addition. There's plenty more. Uh, we'll get to it throughout the course of the show. 2.22 is the time. We're going to take a quick break. You want to chime in, 702-365-9200. You can. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 2.30, we do have John McClain from the Houston Chronicles. So if you want to get your call in, get it in now. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we are back and excited to have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on the phone lines on this Thursday. And it's been an action-packed Thursday already. We talked to Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic talking all things about K.J. Wright and the addition of him to the Raiders defense. And now it's just time to take a look at the NFL in general. And so, John, we do appreciate you, my man and the cutdowns that came and went. And, of course, rosters are still fluid. They're going back and forth. There's a lot of combing through the waiver wire right now. The The biggest name obviously cut this week was uh, Cam Newton, and I don't think he was cut because of the whole vaccination thing. I think he was cut just because Mac Jones was better than him, you know, and Mac Jones was really good. But uh, we've always talked about starting a rookie quarterback means that you're almost waving the white flag for the season. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones getting the start there in New England? I thought – that he was going to be the backup for a few games and then 
it was only a matter of time before it started. And from all indications are he did better than Cam Newton, whether he was going against backups or the starters. And obviously Cam not being vaccinated, missing the five days last week, the potential for that. You know, if the guy's not vaccinated and he's around somebody who tests positive, he's got a quarantine. Mm-hmm. And if you are vaccinated and you're around somebody test positive, you do not have to quarantine. So you're not going to hurt your team. I'll guarantee you that has something to do with it. And I'll guarantee you, Q, when general managers are adding players to their team and their practice squad, they want to know they're vaccinated because one player can wreak havoc on their roster right before a game. And so you don't want that. And so I don't think Cam Newton's done, but it certainly would be wise of them to get vaccinated because when you're not and you go for a tryout, you've got to quarantine for five days. And in that five days, three or four vaccinated players trying out for the same position, they could be getting a jump on you. So it just doesn't make sense to me, but everybody wishes him the best of luck. Cam's been around since 2011 when he was the first overall pick in an incredible draft, and I can't wait to see how Mac Jones does with the Patriots, especially with so little starting experience at Alabama all of last season, part of the season before. But today, that doesn't seem to be as nearly as important. Trey Lance, one start in his last, his last season. And, uh, and I tell you, the guy that started the most games is Kellen Mond from the Vikings. Yep. He started 46 games at Texas A&M. Whether that translates to him to picking up the Viking system quickly remains to be seen. The fewest of all the quarterbacks was Davis Mills, a Texans third-round pick, who started only 11 games at Stanford and needed all that work he got in preseason. I wanted to ask you about Cam Newton just in general. I don't know what the rest of his career is gonna gonna you know play out or how it's gonna play out. But there was a, a point in his life, obviously 2015, when he won the MVP and led the Panthers to the Super Bowl, where he was the guy and he looked like he was about to be on pace to really kind of almost change the game, change the narrative. I thought I feel like he missed a huge opportunity because of injuries. But will that end up being really the story of his career, no matter how it plays out? Is the fact that if it wasn't for injuries, it it, it could have been so much better. Well, they say that about a lot of them. You could say that about Robert Griffin the third. Yeah. Blew out his knee and his ankle after being incredible as a rookie for Washington. And Ken Newton wasn't the same after that shoulder surgery two years ago. Now, he came back last year. He ran like he always runs, but he didn't throw like he always thrown. And whether that was coming off the shoulder surgery and it's going to be everlasting, we're not going to know whether he can get back to throw the way he did before the shoulder surgery. only way we're going to find out is to see him on the field. And I'm guessing he'll get on with the team now when somebody gets hurt. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to take. It's going to take an injury, and then he's going to have to go through all the you know the protocols, like you mentioned. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You can find John on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And uh, what were your thoughts on what uh, Urban Meyer, the new Jaguars coach, came out and said when he, he kind of referred to the vaccination and maybe told said a little bit more than he, he, he wanted to say, even though we all were thinking it, that uh, you know obviously vaccination has a lot to do with the, the cuts and, and the breakdowns of the rosters. But uh, he actually came out and said that. What were your thoughts when you heard that he didn't kind of say it he said it (laughs) right and first thing i thought man that's a rookie head coach for you right you know he's used to being the man everywhere he 
went everywhere he coached, the most powerful person in his state. He could do anything, say anything he wanted. Can't do that in the NFL. He's already been fined once. Now he's going to, I guarantee you, get fined again. The NFLPA, they are livid about that. And they know it goes on. The union has told players to get vaccinated, but they won't mandate it. Right. And because they got a, I, what kills me about that, if you are a vaccinated member of the union and an unvaccinated member of the union hurts your team and costs them to lose a couple of games because they're out, because they're not vaccinated, you know, you could, it's just like when one guy, say, hits a guy in the face and he gets suspended and the union appeals. Well, how about the member who got punched in the face? Doesn't he have any rights? But anyway, that's that's uh, that's not the way they see it. But I, I tell you, it's uh, it's going to be a big issue this season, mm-hmm. a tremendous issue. And I feel bad for Cam Newton because uh, the guy has been a tremendous quarterback who's taken a beating. He's big as a tight end. He's been physically and mentally tough, and I hope he can bounce back in a big way with somebody. Yesterday, uh, Mike Mayock, he was uh, meeting with the media, and he came out and said that he was excited about this team. This was the most excited he's been about a team since he's been a, a, a GM of the Raiders. And and then he used the P words, John. He said the playoffs. He said that, that him and, and, and John uh, John Gruden expect the playoffs for the team. Uh, how much does that help the team, if any, when, when the, the GM comes out and says that and at least has that vote of confidence behind this, this unit? Well, I'm surprised Urban Meyer hadn't come out and said it yet. <laughs> You know, he took over a one and fifteen team. I'm sure he's thinking playoffs. He doesn't know what it's like not to be in the playoffs. Right. I think it's refreshing when a coach or general manager does that. Not an owner who says it's playoffs or bust. Right. Then the fans and the media are gonna throw that up at you constantly. It's not like Mark Davis has done it. Uh this is Mike Mayock, and I'll guarantee you, coming off that eight and eight season, Raiders got a lot of talent. Derek Carr played well last year. They're going to have fans now. And there's no excuse to not be the second-best team in the AFC West. Whether that translates into a playoff appearance or not remains to be seen. But I think Mayock, I like it. The players want to know their general manager and their coach have confidence in them because that's the ultimate goal, of course, is the Super Bowl. But you can't get to the Super Bowl without getting to the playoffs. So I, I like the fact that Mike said it, and I was more would be that honest. Yeah, it was nice. It was, it was refreshing when he said that, uh, just to hear it and sitting there in the media session. I don't know if you heard about it, but he, he received a phone call and he, he stopped the press conference, went outside, talked for a minute, came back, and he said there was nothing to it, but then the Raiders went and signed K.J. Wright today, a guy that uh, a lot of folks were were uh, assuming, including myself, that they needed to sign. So uh, I thought that that was kind of cool. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen a GM stop a press conference in the middle of it, go out, take a call, and come back? No. And so you knew that was an important call. Maybe it was from the president, but uh, the the fact that they signed Wright, who'd been such a great player for so long from the Seahawks, uh, I hope that works out for them. Yeah, no, I, I think it will. They got him and Denzel Perryman at that linebacker position. They both know Gus Bradley's scheme really well. I wanted to ask you about the Raiders and them moving last year. They, they, Of course, COVID was a crazy year for everyone across the league. Don't want to make any excuses. But then they also, on top of that, had the move from Alameda to Las Vegas. How much do you think that that impacted the team uh, all in general, just moving and, and, and having to try to go through the season that they did last year? Well, I went through it with the Houston Oilers here, and so I know what that's like. 
I uh, know when you're leaving one city and everybody's mad at you and there's a lame duck season, you know, you feel it's, it's terrible because you don't want to go. You're being forced to go because they wouldn't build you the stadium. But right. they'd be fired up about moving to Las Vegas. There's a lot of problems that go into the logistics of making a move like that. And usually, you know, Mike Mayock and John Green, they're focused on personnel and coaching. It's the people behind the scenes that have to pave that way to go from Oakland to Las Vegas. And this year, hopefully that'll pay off. And it's funny because the Oilers did it and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Raiders <laughs> did it and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. There you go. There you go. This I, I've been hit up so many times about that. Like, Q, ask John about it. He'll know about these kind of things. And I always forget to ask you, so that's why I wanted to make sure I jotted it down and, and, and passed it by you. Uh, how about Q, right quick, one of the things, you think about this, we kind of think of players as being robots. But right. they got home. They got home lives. They got wives, kids, grandmothers. They're on them all the time. You know, when is this going to happen? When are you moving? Where are we going to stay? Do we have a house yet? And yet they've got to focus on football. So to do what they did last season says a lot about the players, the character, the mental toughness that those players had to go through that. I remember one time sitting in Mike Shanahan's office in Denver and talking about Jeff Fisher when Jeff Fisher was the coach of the Oilers moving from Houston to the Titans. And Mike let out a big sigh, and he said, you know, he said, I do everything I can do all the time, keeping my eyes awake, doing everything I can to try to win. And I can't imagine having to deal with a headache like that and having families, being responsible for players, their families, moves, you know, new laws in different cities, tax advantages, disadvantages. That's like when the Rams moved to L.A. You know, that was more expensive for them, for the players, because of the taxes. And the Raiders know because they're saving a lot of money, those players going to Las Vegas from paying those California taxes. So the people behind the scenes, the director of football operations and his staff, those are the unsung heroes when you move a franchise the way the Raiders, the Rams, and the Oilers did. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And DeMond wanted to ask you a question. He wanted to go back to Cam Newton real quick. He wanted to ask you a question. Go ahead, man. Yeah, John, you said that you hope that Cam finds a good spot, but could the Texans be that spot? I mean, Tyrod Taylor had a couple of, had some injury issues, and do the Texans really believe that Davis Mills can, you know, start some games for him this season if they need be? Do you think Cam has a chance there? No, absolutely not. People ask that question because Nick Casario was in New England last year when they signed Newton, but they're they're riding with Tyrod Taylor. Mills as a backup. They've got Jeff Driscoll. They re-signed him to the practice squad. Not sure why. And then they got the best third-string quarterback in the NFL, the highest-paid third-string quarterback in NFL history, about to make $10.54 million base salary. The most expensive sub since the Nautilus, that would be uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. That's true. I, I, I want to laugh when I see that and hear that about him being that third string quarterback, but then I know the situation, so I don't laugh. But man, it is, it's amazing how many twists and turns this story has taken. John, let me ask you this. Every year there's a team that goes worst to first, or maybe there's a team that kind of is on the come up a little bit. Is there a team, now that we're one week out from the beginning of the 2021 season, is there a team that you're eyeing that you think can go ahead and take that, that leap and, and be a really good team this year? Q, I'll I tell you, for our football section, which uh, comes out Sunday, 
and is on our sports website now, TexasSportsNation.com. We turned in our picks. I picked the Falcons to make a wild card berth in the NFC, and then I picked Cleveland to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Now, maybe some people in Cleveland will do that, but I don't think others will. But I have the Browns win the Super Bowl. Why? Because I want to be different. I like every year to pick one of the Super Bowl teams. In 17, I picked Philadelphia, and I look like a genius. The only reason I did it is I changed from Dallas when Zeke Elliott got suspended right before our picks went in. So that's why I changed to Philadelphia, because others on our staff picked the Giants and the Eagles. And then, of course, I didn't tell anybody that. I want to make it look like I had some kind of insight <laughs> into the Eagles. And the reason I like the Falcons, Arthur Smith did a great job as an offensive coordinator with the uh, Titans, and I think he's going to make that offense be fabulous, even though he doesn't have uh, Derrick Henry running the ball. So I picked them to win a wild card. So I would have to say I picked the Cowboys to win the division, but I picked them last year, and I think they would have if Dak Prescott hadn't gotten hurt. And I don't think there's any way the Cowboys are going to win that division with a 7-9 record the way Washington did last year. No, I don't I don't think so either. You think that uh, Dak's going to be as close to 100% as possible next week against Tampa Bay? I think they know what they're doing, but i got to tell you, I don't think it's going to matter because I watched the Buccaneers in the last preseason game, and they had Tom Brady come out, and he had to punt on the first series. And that got him mad, and then he went with a no-huddle 91, 93-yard touchdown drives. He looked like he's still in the Super Bowl. I've never seen the Super Bowl team return all starters, kid. And But I still, if I'm taking the Bucks against the field, I'm taking the field because the last it's been, it'll be going close to 20 years since a team has repeated as Super Bowl champion, and that, of course, would have been Tom, a young Tom Brady. Right, exactly, exactly. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, final question for you. Uh, talked about uh, the Baylor Bears. I've talked about them uh, over the years with you a lot. Uh, that's your alma mater right there, Baylor. Uh, Mark Vidal won a national championship. He declared he was going to go try to uh, take his hand to the NFL, and the Seattle Seahawks have signed him to the practice squad as a tight end. What are your thoughts on Mark Vidal as a tight end for the Seahawks in, on the practice squad? First of all, my, my, Vital was a tremendous sixth man who started a lot. He couldn't score at all. Uh, not an offensive player, great rebounder. He looks like a tight end. But Rico Gathers played basketball mm-hmm. and played. was on the practice squad and then got on the Cowboys roster and scored a touchdown, and now he's gone. So I wish Mark Vital the very best because of what he meant to Baylor, but I'll be shocked. That is a hard transition if he didn't at least play football at some point. But there have been guys who have played basketball and good personnel directors have signed them and given them time to develop who have gone on to play very well. Right, exactly. So I, I saw that note. I thought I'd pass it along. Uh, Mark Vidal, of course, we're all wishing him the best, but that is, like you said, a, truf, a tough tent transition right there, trying to become a tight end in the NFL, and he has no experience whatsoever. Well, good stuff as always, John. We definitely appreciate you. What uh, You mentioned you're a Texas Sports Nation and what you got coming out, but go ahead and let them know one more time what you got coming out on, on Texas Sports Nation. TexasSportsNation.com, our sports website. We have, like most papers do on their websites, football sections come out because the start of college football season and the NFL. We've got stories, columns, videos, podcasts, cue, everything you could want is there. Thank you very much, as always, and I look forward to you 
talk to you next week when we're one step closer to the start of the NFL season. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. There he goes, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He don't he don't hang a, hang hang around very long. He ain't for small talk, Demond. When he says bye, he means bye. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> he means bye. He ain't playing around. So uh, many thanks to John McClain right there. Uh, always good to catch up with him. 2.44 is the time. First hour is already flying by. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. K.J. Wright, he's in the mix. Denzel Perryman, he's in the mix. The linebacker and core went from looking strong with Nicholas Morrow, Javen White, everyone that was in the mix, to all of a sudden look like a, a, an area of the team that was struggling, to all of a sudden looking pretty good again. Raider Nation. Thoughts, 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.49 is the time. First hour is flying by here on Raider Nation Radio 920 like it does each and every day. Got an action pack uh, rest of the afternoon for myself. Uh, UNLV gets in action tonight against Eastern Washington at Allegiant Stadium. So I'll be hosting the pregame show with my guy Chapman, Chris Chapman, and myself. We'll host the pregame show and be ready for some college football action tonight. So I'm excited about that. But uh, DeMond looks a little bit fired I'm, up. I'm DeMond, fired up. DeMond is fired up about this. It's so funny. He's fired up about this UNLV game. And I always like to provide opportunities because that's all you need in life is an opportunity. If someone gives you an opportunity, <laughs> it's like, you you know, and if you if you take advantage of it, then you're good. So I like to always present DeMond opportunities. So I asked him if he wanted to go to the game to cover the game from a media standpoint because I know he's a big UNLV guy, which is great. And DeMond said, yeah, I want to go there and fight somebody. That was his first no, line. No, no, That was your first line. I want to go there and fight somebody. I said I want to go see someone in an Eastern Washington T-shirt, and then so you can fight them. Maybe say something a little like, "Hey, what are you doing here in our stadium?" Unbelievable, Devon. You know, it's you know I can't do that as a member no, of the media. No, you can't. Of course not. No, you can't. That'd be a bad look, dog. You know, Raider games, I'm there buttoned up, but UNLV games, you know, it's like turning your head backwards. It's like, no, nah, this is a, I'm a different animal. Nah, nah. No. UNLV games. Nah. So we're trying to get them onto the game, but we're trying to get them as a fan only, and we're hoping that he. Uh, <laughs> Keeps his uh, anger pinned up to himself. Also, the memories, you know, I love the phone because they give you the memories. Four years ago today was that Howard game that you hear so much about. Right. Yep. Four years ago today, I was in the studio running the board back then at UNLV. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now you want to be at Allegiant Stadium. So that's going tonight. Uh, kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Of course, you can hear the pregame show and the and the game on uh, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited and pumped up about that. But I'm also pumped up about this K.J. Wright signing. I'm pumped up about the roster that the Raiders have. They've uh, also... They've made some other roster moves that I haven't. I mean, we've just been talking about K.J. Wright and the signing of him, and that's not even actually 100% official yet, but we all know that it's a it's a done deal, but we have not received the email, the official email. We'll probably get that, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe even Monday. Who knows? But uh, they did send out their Raiders announced transaction email. They've re-signed free agent tight end Derek Carrier. They've also re-signed safety Dallin Levitt, a guy that I know is like a lightning rod when it comes to Raider Nation. As, as much as Raider Nation is fired up by K.J. Wright, they see Dallin Levitt is returning. They're like, no! Can't stand that guy. <laughs> That's what I'm serious. I've, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen like the sky is falling uh, because he's back. But again, he's not there to play safety. I, I went into great detail about it the other day. He's there to play special teams. 
That's who he is. And then they also signed free agent offensive lineman uh, Jermaine uh, Illuminor. Illuminor. There you go. So uh, those are the three transactions. And oh, and one more. Cornerback um, Madre Harper has been signed to the practice squad. Uh, that was something that happened yesterday, but it became official today. So Madre Harper is back with the Raiders, but he's on the practice squad. And the moves that the Raiders had to make to clear up those roster spots Nicholas Morrow has been placed on IR, Keyshawn Nixon has been placed on IR. And Jalen Richard and Javen White have all been put on IR. So all four of those guys are on IR right now. And there are designations where they could return uh, some point in this season. But that's why they had to wait. They couldn't put them on IR before the official 53-man roster came out. They had to wait some time because if they did it before the, the official 53-man roster, those guys would have been done for the year. Now they have an opportunity to come back. At least a couple of them have an opportunity to come back some point this year. So uh, that's that's... That's where that's where the Raiders are right now with their current roster. Uh, I, I I like the way it's shaping up. I really do. Um, we've been talking about it quite a bit of just uh, the excitement about the team in general, and then it started to get that 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 hole in your belly type feeling because you knew that the linebacking core was an issue. You knew that the offensive line there's no depth there. There's not really any depth. But with KJ Wright and Denzel Perriman, and, and, and I know Perriman talked to the media today. Matter of fact, we have some sound bites. I know we got cover three coming up uh, to start off hour number uh, two. Maybe we'll play some sound bites from uh, John Gruden. He met with the media earlier today, and Denzel Perriman met with the media today. So that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do for cover three brought to you by Nova Home Loans. We'll, we'll, we'll let you hear some sounds from the media sessions. But got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Just talked to Uncle of mine. He loves his Seahawks forever. He is not happy. Wright is a Raider. He told me Wright is good. Really good. That's from Keith from Sonora. I like that. Good. Really good. All caps good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's a good one right there. Uh, any other ones that we have? Uh, oh, you already did that one. Okay, cool. So you can hit us up and let us know your feedback and how you're feeling about the current roster now that you know that K.J. Wright is also in the mix. And, of course, once K.J. Wright does get put into the fold, I'm assuming that there's going to have to be one more uh, move made one more corresponding move made because I do believe they're at 53 uh, roster spots right now 702-365-9200 who do we have up Tim in Texas Tim in Texas the Lone Star State what's up Tim what's on your mind this afternoon how you doing I'm this good calling back from Lubbock Texas again there you go um man I've been I've been on this KJ Wright stuff ever since free agency started I am so glad that they uh signed uh KJ Wright but I also told y'all about incognito Incognito needs to go ahead and hang it up. I don't know where we're getting all this. He's a leader kind of crap from. That's the reason why he's not a uh, he's not uh, a captain on the football team. Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal, Tim. Thank you for that. Uh, happy about KJ Wright. Not excited about Incognito. Incognito, when he's healthy, is a hell of an offensive lineman when he's healthy. But right now he's dealing with that injury. So uh, and he was named a captain today. John Gruden mentioned it in the press conference. I'll play that clip coming back in. He was a captain. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I have the I have the list of captains, and I, I didn't know if he was on there or not. Uh, Paul Gutierrez actually put that out there. Uh, there was a couple people that put that out there, but I know Paul Gutierrez from ESPN.com actually put out the the complete list, and so we'll get to that as well. We'll, we'll come back. Matter of fact, we'll start hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond will give you the full list of, uh, of captains that the Raiders have this year for the 2021 season, and then we'll get into some clips from John Gruden and also linebacker Denzel Perryman. That's how we kick off hour number two. Then we got Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans as well. Action pack, baby, wall to wall. Put your head in a tank of gasoline and light it on fire full throttle. Let's go. It's unnecessary roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920.